0: Hey everybody! This is Monica Jones. Welcome to the afternoon radio theater Sunday, <laughs> and uh, we're glad to have you. And along with me is my cohort uh, co-host Victor Guevara. How are you? Hello, Victor? everybody. And um, well, we want you to. Um, Go to your favorite place and like us and subscribe to us on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all of those places. And um, if you don't like um, doing that, then you can find us on your favorite podcast player. Uh, Apple, um, Anchor, uh, Spotify, all of them. So, anyway... Uh, we're not hard to find um, but anyway um, just hit your notification bell hit your um, like button and um, yeah and also give us comments let us know what you think and um, you know if you want if you want to request a certain show then um, we'll be glad to play it for you if I don't have it in my selection I'll find it. If it's out there So anyway um, Today I'm doing uh, Musicals Or music shows Not not necessarily musicals But uh, music shows And I'm dedicating this to um, Victor's wife And my friend Annabelle Zarate Anyway uh, the first one That uh, I'm going to Give you is uh, Al Jolson I I always liked him, Uh, his show, it doesn't really have a name, it's just uh, the star is Jimmy Durante, and so hope you enjoy it, and here we go. This
1: is Ken Carpenter welcoming you to the Music Hall, starring Al Jolson. I'll so keep on looking
2: for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April a shower.
1: Really, we're going to pop in this joint tonight. Because my good friend Jimmy Duran is going to drop there later. And we're going to have what you call a real old plan day. And now I'm going to warm up with a tune that's so jumpy, I have to have somebody hold me down while I sing it. Hold me down, Lou Briggs, hold me down. Ma, she's making eyes at me. Ma, she's awful nice to me. Mars is almost breaking my heart. I'm her. mercy let her conscience got a ma, she wants to marry me, be my honey bee. Every minute she gets bolder. now she's leaning on my shoulder, ma,
2: she's giving me. Ma, ma, she's holding her hand with me, ma,
1: how nice she stands with me. Ma, she's fishing, both of my feet, some she's doing. I'm forgetting what I'm doing, ma, she's pretty asking me, life's not turning low, love for me is growing stronger, I can't hold out any longer, ma,
2: ma, ma. Yeah,
1: yeah, Ken. Weren't you sort of disappointed when you had to postpone your trip to New York? I was, Ken, but the little Acer, you know that's my little boy, he was more disappointed. I'll bet he was. Oh, yes, he was. But to make up for it, I bought him a present. But I don't know what's the matter with that kid. He doesn't show any interest in it. Really? No, it's a wonderful present that anybody could be absolutely mad about. I wish I could have had it when I was a little boy. What is it? My latest record album.
2: (laughs) A bit, uh,
1: all right, but now maybe it's good for little Ace to learn
3: about disappointment. How come? Well, it'll make a man out of him. Look at President Truman. He wanted to run a successful haberdashery store, but business was so bad he became president.
0: <laughs>
2: can
1: I get into this conversation, or uh, would you rather enjoy yourself, Oscar?
2: <laughs> okay,
1: I, I was just telling Ken I was having some fun with my little son Ace. Well, I can tell you how to bring up kids. I'm an ex-problem child myself.
2: <laughs> when I was
1: a little boy, my parents said, Oscar, if you don't listen to your parents, when you grow up, you'll mix the wrong kind of people. So? Well, they were right.
2: <laughs> here I am.
1: Here I am talking to you. <laughs> you can't mix water with boars.
4: Hi.
1: <laughs> I, I am When I was a struggling young pianist, every one of my relatives would send me a letter telling me that someday I'd get to the top. The letters would say, keep trying, keep trying. Now the letters say, stop trying, stop
2: trying. <laughs> Oscar.
1: Oscar, stop trying to be funny and go over and play your piano. You better play it real good. Because if you don't, you'll be living in it. Move over.
2: Mm. Play a
1: little of that Greek concerto, will you, boys? Been unlucky,
2: really I ain't got a
1: thing, there's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king, when the red red robin's out, bob, 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 and along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his old sweet song, oh, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, That's sun is live. Love, laugh, and be happy What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may listen But still I listen for hours And hours I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the regret's robbing God's bobbing Bobbing along
2: When the regret's robbing God's bobbing along. familiar. What
1: is that thing you're playing? Al, the song is Lady Play Your Mandolin, and modesty prevents me from telling you that I wrote it. That's interesting, Oscar. Tell me, what inspired you to write Lady Play Your Mandolin? Well, I was very poor at the time, and a friend of mine gave me a pick. So I wrote a mandolin song. (laughs) Oscar, (laughs) Oscar, please don't try to be funny. Everybody knows the only way you can play a mandolin is with a pick. Not with the one I had. I used to dig ditches with it. (laughs) Anyway, I figured if you sang it now, it would become popular again. Well, Oscar, when I sing lately, for your mandolin. I don't know. I don't feel anything. That's because you're not a mandolin. (laughs) Oscar, I have a proposition. You got a turkey you want me to sing?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, that's
1: one way of putting it. Well, you know...
2: (laughs) There's an old there's an old
1: saying, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. Now look, Oscar. A little Acer, that's my boy, you know. He could use some piano lessons. I'd rather scratch his back. (laughs) Oscar, if if you don't want to cooperate, I won't sing your song. Lou Brink, will you play If I Could Be With You One Hour Tonight? This Oscar will give you the idea of the type of song that I like to sing. If I could be
2: with you
1: I'd love you strong If I could be with you I'd love you long I want you to know I wouldn't go Until I told you, baby, why I love you so And if I could be with you One hour a
2: night
1: If I was free to do The things I might
2: I'm
1: telling you through, I'd be anything but blue if I could be with you. If I could be with you one hour tonight, if I was free to do the things I might,
2: I'm
1: telling you true, I'd be anything but blue, if I could be with you for just an hour, if I could be with you. Some people come back to the music hall because they like it. Some come back because we like them. But here's the only man who has to make two appearances to get his nose in. Jimmy the rally. You've got to start off with a song Now even when things go wrong Why you feel better You even look better why, that note is so high it can only be heard by a dog. Wait a minute, Jimmy. I heard that note. What do you know? A talking dog. Better <laughs> 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 radio mischievous tonight. <laughs> Jimmy, I, I understand you wanted to see me about something important. Yeah, Ral. Well, I read in the paper that you're going to take a trip around the world this summer. Yeah. So I thought of the two of us, went. We could be goodwill ambassadors. I've got the brass knuckles all packed. <laughs> Look, Junior. if we're goodwill ambassadors, why would we need brass knuckles? Just in case we have to beat some goodwill into somebody.
2: <laughs> I know
1: you've been all over America, James, but have you ever taken any ocean trips? Jolson, all you've got to do is ask the officers on the Queen Mary. I sat at the captain's table every day until they served dinner. <laughs>
2: Just a minute. You were
1: on the Queen Mary, huh? You probably were a stowaway. Wait a minute, Al. I had a beautiful cabin all to myself. Of course, I didn't like the crew coming in every half hour to Earl the engines. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> you,
1: you don't know what traveling on an ocean liner is like. No, you don't, Jimmy. Not until you've hit a rough sea. This boat trip was plenty rough, Al. My morning exercises consisted of trying to touch the floor with both feet.
2: <laughs> well, James,
1: I don't know if you'll be of any help to me or not. You see, I want to go to romantic spots. Like, uh, Beirut's, The Riviera. Ah, uh, the Riviera. I'll never forget Count Broccoli's house party. Count Broccoli? <laughs> Count Broccoli, I know him very well.
2: That man in
1: <laughs> Chanty Night when I took off my shoes and went waiting in Lady High Bottoms onion soup. Well, I can just see myself in Monte Carlo, Paris, and Venice, especially Venice, where the gondoliers sing. Oh, sola mia. Oh, sola you. How do you like that, James? How do you like that? Oh, boy, that's beautiful. I remember floating down a canal in Venice. It was such a lovely night, I kept wishing I was in a boat. <laughs>
2: oh,
1: Jimmy, you're so right. There's so much to see in this world, isn't there? Yeah, things like the Osti Triumph and the Leaning Tower of Pizza.
4: Jimmy,
1: give me that again, please. The Leaning Tower of what? The Leaning Tower of Pizza. Pizza. Jimmy, it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Pisa. Pizza is something they eat in Italy. Well, maybe if they stopped eating on it, it wouldn't leave. Them <laughs> riders right, got the go waste soon.
2: <laughs> now, Colston, here's the way
1: your route should go. We head for Hawaii first. Last time I went by plane. Purple? Yeah, they overcharged me a little. <laughs> You love Hawaii, Al. It's so romantic. I remember the last time I was there, the romance of the air made me feel like composing music. So I went out and sat in a a secluded brook. You sat in a what? (laughs) I sat in a secluded brook. Jimmy, don't you mean Nook? I meant Nook, but I didn't watch where I was
0: sitting.
2: (laughs) Uh, I can
1: just see us wandering around the beach at Oahu. Look at the girls doing the hula in those grass skirts. Yeah, get out of my way. I want to throw some dandelion seeds at them. What for? In another month, the dandelions will choke out the grass. hiki hiki hoo
5: hiki
2: hiki
1: Are you fellows American? Yeah, who are you? Oscar <laughs> Kamehameha. You fellas got nickel for coconut? A coconut? <laughs>
2: I've
1: heard dialects, but never one like that.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll throw you the line again. A I coconut? Can only, I can only repeat. Ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sick
1: of pineapple juice.
2: ooh
1: I can see from that, Jimmy. we better see Hawaii. Where will we go next? South America. We'll go straight as the crow flies. That is, if you like traveling by crow. I've, I've always wanted to go to South America. Yeah, I want to be sure to see the Andes. Oh, you'll not only see the Andes, but I'll show you their images, too. But <laughs> well, Jimmy... You don't know anything about South America, do you? Why, Al, I had my own coffee plantation in Brazil. No. It was just a small one of eight beans.
2: <laughs> I grew nothing
1: but demi tasses.
2: Ah, there's an awful lot of
1: coffee in Brazil. In fact, I was told that the faucets are marked. Hot, cold, and chasing sandbars. Sanborn. Al, <laughs> uh, well, you and I could have a lot of fun in Brazil. I can picture us now sitting in our high sienda. That's French for Spanish. (laughs) Well, how do you like the plantation, Al? Oh, I couldn't sleep, Jimmy. The birds sang all night long. Yeah, the coffee trees kept them awake. (laughs) Well, they ought to build their nest in a sanka tree. (laughs) Jimmy, what do you say we go to a nightclub? I want to do some dancing. I asked a couple of girls to dance last night, but they wouldn't say yes. They just kept saying, C.C., (laughs) Wait a minute, Jimmy Down here they speak Spanish They say si, si instead of yes, yes How do they say no? Why, they just say no They always make that one easier (laughs)
2: Buenos
1: (laughs) dias, hombre Are you a Americano? It's him again
2: (laughs) Say, how come you
1: left Hawaii The land of the wool and the grass skirts? I got hay fever. <laughs> Senores, give me nickel for a glass of milk. <laughs> milk? Ooh ha
2: <I'm... laughs>
1: He wound up being a wrestler.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: Al, I'd like to make that trip. From Switzerland, we could fly over the Himalayas. Over the what? Himalayas. it look, you don't even know where the Himalayas are. Why, sure, they're right next to the Huralayas. <laughs>
2: you know, you know what
1: would really be interesting to me? A trip to the Middle East. Yes, sir, a trip to the Middle East. It gives us a chance to ride on a camel. You see, in Arabia, everybody rides camels. Of course, I guess they're hard to get up on, you know. They're hard, you know. Uh, not if you with me, Al. How come? Well... When I want to mount a camel, yeah. I just walk up and look him in the face, point to his nose, yeah. and then I point to my nose, and without fail, the camel kneels with shame.
2: <laughs>
1: Jimmy, Jimmy, it's no use. I think I'll stick to my original plan and take the trip with my wife. Okay, Al. Like they used to say when I traveled through China, Oh, <speaking in Spanish> What does that mean? I don't know. I was traveling too fast.
2: <laughs> well,
1: as you go through these foreign countries, you'll no doubt be singing a song or two, or even five thousand. So you'll need a real piano player. Yes, you're right, Jimmy. I better take you along. <laughs> now I'll, I'll tell you why.
2: <laughs>
1: Mr. Rembrandt needed a piece of canvas before he could paint a thing. Benvenuto Cellini needed a chisel before he could start stop the ring. And folks, Jolie needed a great piano player before he could start to sing. Al, stop worrying. I'm here. Go ahead. Let your voice start to ring. Oh, Jimmy, by the way, do you play a compliment? I mean, can you play classic stuff like Levant or Jose Eterby? I'm even better. Can Jose Turby play this? On it. 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 On
2: it.
1: On it. On it. Ah, uh, Jose, make way for nosy. <laughs> Why, Jimmy, you're sensational. What are we waiting for? Let's go. Because it's a thrill. It's a thrill. When a piano player sits down at the keys. It makes me weak in the knees to hear him. Oh, what a kick, what a kick And a real piano player Starts to tinkle away It makes a boy sliding day When he goes I'm completely gone, I'm beside myself Well, I can understand your bliss Don't get excited, now. Come yourself the band was never like this. Hey, yeah, listen close. You know, that ain't cut liver. Hear those harmonies. You know, this is very tiring. I play with all my might. Here's a dollar, kid. Don't stop. Keep playing all night. Oh, it's a thrill. It's the thrill. When a real Diana
2: plant sits down at the
1: key. Who wants a beer upstairs? Notice, Mr. Jolson, I don't need Larry Parks to play the black keys. I've been
2: stabbed.
1: He's a strong boy. Let's hear that beat. Take that old player
2: out. Hold with me. He can't resist. Just look at him shake. Here, take the place. That a rusty, I turn.
1: Guys, why are you smiling? Well, them all, boys. Name your prize. Give me your hire. Yes, what a thrill. When a real play and a player sit down at the <laughs>
2: key. Sit down at the key.
1: songs I've ever sung, here's one that seems to be as lasting as love itself. this heart and mine embraces all day
2: through in that small cafe the park
1: across the way the children's us fell the chestnut trees the waving world
2: seeing you, in every
1: lovely summer's day, in everything that's light and gay, I'll always think of you that way, I'll find you in the morning
2: sun, and when the night is new.
1: I will be looking at the moon,
2: but I'll be seeing
6: you. Good night, everybody.
1: The Al Jolson Show is released for listeners in the United States by NBC, the National Broadcasting Company, and rebroadcast to our men and women overseas by the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the Voice of Information and Education.
0: next one we've got is kind of a it's a a music show and kind of a comedy mixed in there together it's called Avalon Time and um, it had the star Red Foley but it had other people in there too so um, I kind of like this show and I hope you guys will too
3: Avalon cigarettes, please.
1: Yes, sir. Oh, just a moment, sir. Don't forget your change. You never guess, but avalons cost you less.
2: <laughs>
3: Good evening, friends. Good evening. This is Del King saying welcome to Avalon Time with greetings from Red Foley and the entire company. But first tonight, we want you to meet the only man in radio who thinks a boycott is a little boy's bed, Red Skelton. (laughs)
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Say, Dell, your instructions <laughs> are about as subtle as a kick in the pants. <laughs>
3: well, speaking of a kick in the pants, uh, what's that footprint doing in the seat of your pants?
1: Where? Turn around and look. Uh, no, not me. I can't stand the glare.
3: <laughs>
1: Besides, you can't play any April Fool gags on me.
3: Hello, Maxwell
1: Stroud. Uh, Maxwell Stroud? Hey, microphone, aren't you mistaking me for Jack Benny? Kelton, nobody will ever mistake you for Jack Benny. <laughs> hey, didn't I see you sitting in one of those sidewalk cafes today? You saw me sitting in a chair on the street, but that wasn't a sidewalk cafe. <laughs> that was my furniture. <laughs> The landlord invited me out in such a way I just couldn't refuse. (laughs) I'd have paid my rent, but I had to have the money to get to the New York uh, World's Fair. You know what a World's Fair is? That's Coney Island with a Harvard accent. (laughs) Oh, I drove up. Boy, was the highway crowded. No kidding. I ran out of gas just outside of Cincinnati, and I didn't know it until I reached New York. (laughs) I went up there for a rest. I met a beautiful blonde. You can imagine the rest. <laughs> I stopped at a hotel close to the fairgrounds. A lot of uh, performers say I had to share my room with, with a trained SEAL. <laughs> it kept me awake all night. Every time he applauded, I got up and took a bow. <laughs> There's a midget lived right next door to me. He's going to be in Billy Rose's water carnival, and he rehearsed all night long the field throw pennies in a goldfish bowl, the midget to dive in after them. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh, Phil, oh, by the way, Phil Davis, our Argus, leader, he got a job at Billy Rose's Water Carnival. <coughs> I'm going to bill him as the Big Dipper.
4: <laughs>
1: the next day I went over to the World's Fair. I carried a harpoon along with me. Somebody told me it was going to be a whaling exposition. <laughs> who Grover Whalen is. That's the fellow who went to the San Francisco World Fair and threw ice cubes out the window to make people think it was hailing in California.
2: (laughs) Well, but the fair's
1: really going to be beautiful. A lot of the buildings aren't finished yet. Everybody is busy hammering and sawing and boring holes. (laughs) They've even equipped the termites with corkscrews to rush things along. (laughs) Well, what beautiful buildings! Uh, the Art and Science Building, a large map of Europe. I don't know how correct it is. It's one of those old-fashioned ones. They only painted it yesterday.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're a lot better at rehearsal.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: and they have a giant roller coaster. I'm telling you that it's marvelous. It's full of uh, those breathtaking loops and sharp turns and steep climbs and dizzy dips. I spent the whole afternoon getting used to it. Gee, <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't moving.
2: <laughs> They've got a big
1: sign as you get on the roller coasters. and play safe. Check your stomach's here. <laughs> I think I'll check myself here and have Phil Davis and the boys to play. I've got to get some shut-eye. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. Bank it in a side pocket. <laughs> You're in the Kipling mood? Go ahead and kipple.
3: Her name's Madeline Red. Here it goes. Oh. Your eyes are bright like the stars above. I adore you, my very own Madeline.
1: Each time that we meet, I fall deeper in love. Pardon me while I light an avalon.
2: <laughs> Say,
1: that last line was a strip of sheer genius. Yeah, I, I'm kind of proud of it myself, Red.
2: <laughs> Second verse. Yeah.
3: For Avalon cigarettes are real value. No air. And they're so smooth, so mild, and so fine. And you'd never guess that they cost you air. Oh, darling,
1: will you be mine?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, you just getting it loose, Peter. Either she'll accept you or buy a carton of Avalon. <laughs> well, you know. Of course, you haven't said anything about Avalon's being 100 percent union made and a perfect blend of the choice domestic and Turkish tobaccos. Okay. <laughs> that ain't the way I hear that commercial, Red. Mom.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and you haven't said sort a of thing about them being three to five cents less than uh, per pack. Than another popular price tag. Well, that's the well, favorite. Know sure, but you probably overlook it anyway. I hope so, Red. I guess, I guess something's sort of
3: come over me, Red, but here's the last verse. So together, we three, Avalon's, you and me, will travel life's highway, my Madelon, and when we hear a bell, we'll gleefully yell. Don't forget
1: your change.
2: <laughs>
3: After all, Red, you know I work for Avalon.
1: <laughs> Say, Pete, are you quite sure your girl will appreciate this poetry as much as we do? She should, Red. She's the sponsor. <laughs> oh, you little you know, dickens, you. <laughs> Boy, if you had a pair of hairy ears, I'd swear you were a fox. <laughs> all right for you, Red, young so long. you?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: folks, the singing star of Avalon Time, Red
2: Foley. (laughs)
3: Thank you, thank you, Dell, and howdy, folks. Uh, I guess all I got to tell you about my first song tonight is its title, and I'm sure most of you know, On the Sunny Side of the Rockies. I hope I do. (laughs)
1: On the sunny side of the Rockies, where the desert kisses the sea, there I felt my love near the Rockies, when we said goodbye tenderly. Though mountains are high and
2: we're far apart, in my dreams I'm with my heart on the sunny side of the Rockies,
1: where the desert kisses the sea. high and we far
2: apart.
1: in my dreams I'm with my sweet on the sunny side of the rockies
2: where the desert is in the sea you. <laughs>
3: Says when he isn't making musical arrangements for Avalon time, he's making telephone arrangements for his honey's love and art. Very nice situation, Bob.
1: That's real music there, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe you'd trick me up tonight. Being it, It's the uh, old April Fool's Day. These guys, oh, they play tricks on me all day. Phil on me. He gave me a cigar that wasn't loaded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what tricks this band's been playing? I understand that the Chamber of Commerce had to send for three shiploads of sailors to help untie the street. Keep <laughs> 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 ahead of these guys. I've sure been a busy ma- A busy man. You were right the first
7: time, Mr. Skelton. Oh, no, Mr. Wells. Say, I was over at your house today, but yeah. you wouldn't answer the door. Well, maybe I wasn't home. You were home. I saw your shirt hanging on a clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> Say, you know what today is? Sure. Happy birthday. It's yeah. <laughs>
1: not my birthday. It's April Fool's Day. Well,
7: what's the difference? Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Listen, I'm going out and get in the spirit of the thing. Let's do something foolish.
7: How about paying me my salary?
1: Yeah, I won't do anything that foolish. Besides, I paid you yesterday. Yeah,
7: I know. And the check just came back, marked NSD.
1: You mean NSF, not sufficient funds.
7: I mean NSD, no such bank. (laughs) (laughs) Funny,
1: I made a deposit with a banker at a roulette table. (laughs) Say, come on, let's play some tricks on people, huh?
7: Oh, no. Oh,
1: come on. <laughs> You've been saying no all day.
7: Yeah, and it's a good thing I didn't meet Errol.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's been playing tricks on me. I'm going to play a trick on somebody else. This morning, when I got out of bed, I started unwrapping a big package. Well, what's wrong with that? I was in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been pretty careful, though. Del King thought I stole for one of his tricks. <laughs> he had a loose red string hanging out of his coat. Did you pull it? I pulled a string for about twenty minutes. <laughs> Here he comes now. <laughs>
3: Hello, Red. Hello, uh, Mister. Well. Hi, Dell. How's trick? Okay, I guess. Red, uh, you won't believe this. But, uh, while I had my back turned, some dirty feet stole my red flannel underwear.
8: <laughs>
3: All of it? Everything but the zipper. <laughs>
1: Oh, hello, Mr. Scalpel. <laughs> well, hey, you got
2: enough
3: bandits on your color to get up your chuckling. What's
2: the matter with you? Mean?
1: You look so mad, you look so mad at your fingers. <laughs> What's somebody do? Play an April music on you? Well, in a way, they did. I saw a hat laying in the gutter and I kicked it. And what do you think was in it? My uncle. What
2: was the matter with
1: him? Oh, nothing. He's just lazy. <laughs> Every night he comes home dead lazy.
2: <laughs> and
1: not only that, I was insulted on the streetcar. What happened to the conductor slapped with first instead of punching it? Oh, <laughs> heavens, no. He kept glaring at me as if so I hadn't paid my debt. and I kept glaring right back as if so I had.
2: was <laughs> a very,
1: very smart move, Hercules. Well, I came down to see if you could use me on the program tonight. Uh, not tonight, actually. Oh, well, then. I'll be on my way. You see, I have to dash home and rent out a few things. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised that guy didn't try to play an April fool trip on me. I've been pretty smart though today. Nobody's got hey, me. Mr.
7: Kelvin,
1: huh? What's that sign over there? Oh, that's a uh, motto. A fellow it from me That's the tree.
7: A motto? Yeah. Well, let's see it.
1: Well, see later. I'm gonna take it home. Take it home,
7: yeah. Well, that's says, you see on am on side. That's yeah, is that you? <laughs> yeah,
1: but that means means strength is spoken here. It does. Why, that guy told me that was Spanish for so bless our happy home. <laughs> Uh Oh, here comes that guy that's
2: (laughs) (laughs) a ninja.
1: Who are you this week?
3: Uh, uh, my... Uh, (laughs) my... My name is Stein. Stein, uh, You look like an old mug to me.
2: And uh, this
3: is your secretary, I believe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're beautiful. Where did you get those eyes?
7: They came with a body.
1: <laughs> Mr. Skelton, yes.
3: I'm afraid you've lost your sponsor.
1: Ah, go on. Yes,
3: I'm afraid so. Ah, you're afraid.
1: I lost my... You didn't? No. Oh. Mr. Skelton, he was on a ship that foundered off the Hawaiian Islands. Oh, you're kidding. No. oh, if that ship thinks we're
7: sunk. <laughs> Wait, well, send out
1: an SOS.
7: It's not your place to send out an SOS. Don't you know what SOS
1: means? Sure, save our sponsor. <laughs> well, send out an
7: SOS or we'll all be on WPA. Wait a minute. You better check on that. Call a newspaper Okay, officer.
1: give me the telephone. Hello, operator. Give me a newspaper. This
7: is a telephone exchange, not a newsstand.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want the newspaper office. Get me the express. Sorry, the express start running. I'll get you a local. Yeah. Never mind. Give me the weekly rag. Your audience will
2: give it up, Mr. Skelton. <laughs> what do you
1: think I am, a staff? I'll give
2: you
3: information.
2: <laughs> so
1: connect me with a newspaper office, any newspaper. I'll give you the daily double. Yeah, okay. City death. daily double. Uh, have you any news of a ship that's in distress of Hawaii? Off where?
3: Hawaii, Hawaii. Even I wouldn't try to make a gag out of that. <laughs> Listen, I'm
1: trying to find out about a ship that's lost. Well,
3: why don't you take care of your trinkets? Oh. (laughs)
1: It ain't my ship It's a steamship It's lost It's foundered
3: I'll give you the lost And foundered
2: department (laughs)
7: Classified Look,
1: I'm trying to locate a ship uh, of Sixty cents a line for one
7: insertion. Oh. <laughs> Listen,
1: lady, I've got high blood pressure. I'll
7: connect you with the
2: circulation department. Uh.
1: Circulation department. Listen, uh, a boat is off of Honolulu. I've been trying Honorable. to... Honolulu? Honolulu. Lulu. Uh, Lulu ain't here. She got married and went out of circulation. Yeah. <laughs> Look, our sponsor's on a boat that's going to sink. Going to what? Sing, sing. Your yeah. program? No, the boat. Well,
2: confidentially,
1: so do you. Goodbye. <laughs> Not Be This oh, Wait, the guy hung up. Now what are we going to do? Uh, Mr. Skelton, uh. I just happened to think. Well, this is no time to start bragging.
2: <laughs>
1: but I just recalled that it wasn't your sponsor.
3: It wasn't a steamship. It was a sailboat, and it wasn't off the Hawaiian Islands. It was off Long Island. Yeah. And it wasn't
1: floundering. They were fishing for flounder.
2: Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, I
1: see. A little April Fool gag, eh? <laughs> yeah. oh, very good, very good. Well, uh, Mr. Will, cancel that SOS and hang an SRO sign on that guy. SRO? That means standing room only. Yeah, and I'm going to knock you down and step all over you right now. <laughs>
3: Jeanette with a musical warning for all you boys and gals who don't want the table turned, I cried for you.
2: I cried for you. Now it's your turn to cry over me. Every road has a turn. One thing you're learning, I cried for you, what a fool I used to be, now I found who i just a little bit bluer, I Found the heart just a little bit too I cried for you. Now it's your turn to cry over me. Just give
3: Friends, are you one of those people who says it can't be done, who says a cigarette that sells for three to five cents less than other popular-priced brands can't be top quality Well, let me ask you one question. Why can't it be done? Prices on practically all other commodities have been reduced and quality still maintained. Why can't it be done in a cigarette? Well, friends, it can and is being done in Avalon cigarettes. Now, we have volumes of facts and figures that would prove to you Avalon's are highest quality. 100% union-made from the choices of Turkish and domestic tobacco, and blended with a skill that cannot be surpassed. But there's a faster and better way to prove the point. Buy a pack of Avalon's yourself and let your own taste prove it to you. With the very first cigarette, you'll know beyond all doubt that Avalon's positively do give you top quality for three to five cents less than other popular-priced brands. Friends, why not try Avalon's tonight? You'd never guess they cost you less. Nicely done, Peter Grant. And now here's a melody that will carry you back to memory lane. Red Foley and the Avalon Chorus sing, Carry Me Back to Old Virginia. When you ask for Avalon cigarettes,
2: don't
1: forget your change.
3: Yes,
2: Avalon cigarettes.
3: Your friends cost several cents less than others. You two can save this difference like all of us Avalon brothers. Each pack is wrapped in silver, Each pack is
2: union-made. No wonder folks from coast to coast say Avalon see the parade. Oh, why not all?
3: You'd never guess, but Avalon's cost only ten cents, plus city or state tax.
1: And we sincerely hope that you've enjoyed the show as much as we've enjoyed doing it for you. I'm sorry we didn't have time to turn back the pages of history, but uh, time's a little short, so I'm afraid until next week we'll have to say so long. This is Red Skelton saying goodnight for Red Fall. Man. Be
3: with us next Saturday evening at the same time when the Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation will again present Avalon Time. Del King speaking. Good night, everybody.
4: <laughs>
3: Avalon Time originated in the studios of the Nation Station and is issued through the National Broadcasting <laughs> Company.
0: Company. <laughs> Okay, everybody, this next one is one of my favorites, um, uh, Benny Goodman, and, um, he's doing, um, uh, Under the Shade of the Old Apple Tree, and I love that song, um, kind of brings back some romantic memories, um, even though I wasn't born, or even though I wasn't a, a young girl around that era, it still has, uh romantic memories for me but anyway um, and so I thought Annabelle might like it as well so here we go Under the Shade of the Old Apple Tree with Benny Goodman
9: Goodman himself playing with his orchestra in the Manhattan room of the Hotel Pennsylvania in New York City. You're in the shade to begin with, yes sir, in the shade of the old apple tree, Benny Goodman. of lovely Martha Tilton is going to sing I've Got That Old Feeling. Yeah! and his orchestra picturing in music Moonlight on the Highway. something special up his sleeve. So may we present Benny Goodman. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Benny Goodman announcing the trio again with Teddy Wilson at the piano, Gene Krupa at the drums, and Whispers in the Dark. Take it, Theodore. Theodore. Welcome, Martha tilt into the microphone as she sings, The moon got in my arms.
5: Seems that ancient daddy
9: still fine I guess I could have seen right through you, but the moon got in my eyes. Benny Goodman and his orchestra. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System believe Benny Goodman himself would have words with you. All right, Benny. And now with the addition of Lionel Hampton at the, at the vibraphones, we play Avalon. Take it, Lionel. Goodman himself interpreting Avalon. We welcome again to the microphone, Martha Stilson. He saying I'd like to see some more of Samoa. director salutes another one. Benny Goodman plays Duke Ellington's Caravan. for that arrangement, and can you blame him? Satan takes the holidays. himself Benny Goodman playing with his baronet and his orchestra in the Manhattan room of the Hotel Pennsylvania in New York City. John Allen Wolf speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: Okay, um, this next one is um, Dinah Shore. And um, I kind of like Dinah Shore. She's... Um, But the funny thing about these shows is that um, some of my shows, she sounds really young. And then in the other shows, she sounds, you know, a lot more mature. So I've got one of each. and Or do I have one of each or just one? I've just got the one. I think the one I have, she sounds younger. Um, But anyway, I have... Both kinds. I think I was going to put both of them in here and then I had to take out one. Um, cause otherwise I have a habit, y'all, of making my shows, um, a hundred hours long. So, <laughs> so I tried to watch it this week. But anyway, here's Dinah Shore and Somebody Loves Me. Bless her heart. Hello.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, a new program of songs by Dinah Shore with Paul Laval and his orchestra. Brought to you each Sunday at this time by Bristol Myers. In appreciation of your friendliness for Minute Rub, Modern Chest Rub, and Sal Hepatica, Famous Laxative. And now we bring you radio singing sensation, chosen as the outstanding new star of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Dinah Shore.
10: Thank you. Thank you, Harry, and good evening, everyone.
8: Dinah, you know you're positively radiant tonight. Simply
10: bubbling over.
8: Uh, of course, there's a reason.
10: Well, indeed there is. My alma mater, Vanderbilt, won their big game of the season yesterday. Here, here. So tonight I'm going to sing as my first song, a tune I've always loved and I hope they love. A happy bit of music that came out just about the time I was in my graduating class at kindergarten.
8: Not London Bridge is falling down?
10: No. No, Harry. That came out when you were in kindergarten. (laughs) Yes.
8: Well, we won't talk about that. Now you were saying, Dinah.
10: Not saying, Harry. Singing. Somebody loves me. I wonder who. I wonder who he
11: can be. Somebody loves me. I wish I knew who he can be, worries me. For every boy who passes by, I shout, hey, maybe you were meant to be my loving baby. Somebody loves me, I wonder who, maybe it's you. When this world began, it was heaven's plan. There should be a girl for every single man. Ooh, my great regret, someone has upset heaven's pretty program. For oh, we've never met. Somebody loves me. I wonder who, baby,
8: may you. Oh, Dinah, that was grand. Thank you, Harry. You're quite welcome. It's no trouble. Say, as long <laughs> as you're in such a nice humor, Dinah, would you do me a favor?
10: Why, certainly. What is it?
8: Well, ask me a question. Any question, at Why? Why? Well, Paul Laval was on a quiz program, and he's been bragging how good he was. (laughs) So ask me anything, like, who was president in 1820, or how much gold is there in Fort Knox? Go Mm -hmm. on, ask me something.
10: Well, let's see. Uh, Oh, here's an easy one. Yeah. Right up your alley. Uh, What causes a cold?
8: Well, that's not easy, Dinah. Even scientists don't know the answer for sure. But even though we may not know what causes colds, almost everyone does know what colds cause. They cause us to feel out of sorts and often downright wretched. That's why it's wise to get after annoying cold symptoms promptly, ladies and gentlemen, with Minute Rub. That's M-I-N-I-T-R-U-B. For Minute Rub gives you fast relief from cold wretchedness in three important ways. First, Minute Rub's analgesic or pain relieving action helps soothe the discomfort and tightness caused by local congestion. Second, rubbing on Minute Rub stimulates circulation, helps relieve muscular pain, and brings a comforting sensation of heat to the affected areas. And third, Minute Rub's active menthol vapors help relieve that stuffed up feeling in your nasal passages. So ask your druggist for an inexpensive tube of this famous modern rub. And massage minute rub on your throat and chest whenever you suffer from cold symptoms. You'll appreciate its feeling of brisk heating warmth. For that means you've started to enjoy the three-way relief of minute rub. Now, Dinah, uh, mm-hmm. what about your record for this week? What happens there? Well,
10: Harry, it's an old oldie that's been hibernating for a long time.
8: Oldie, huh?
10: Uh-huh. And we woke it up and made a new arrangement and... Well, see if you don't like Miss You.
8: Miss You. Well, I'd like anything you sing, Dinah, you know. Oh, you sweet thing. Oh, well,
10: incidentally, Harry, we've written special lyrics to the verse that I'm sure all the girls who write to that one and only will more than understand.
8: I bet they will. Well, Dinah sure sings one of her electricity releases Miss You.
10: When day
11: is done and taps it's blown, darling, think of me, lonely me. For though you're gone,
4: I'll love you, If
11: you could only see how much I miss you, since you went away. Nothing I do can make me forget that I still love you. In my dreams I'll
8: That songs about love are usually sad. Well, oh,
10: that's right, Harry. I never thought well, of that. Dinah. Uh huh.
8: How about you and I doing something a little different? They uh-huh. suppose we get together and write. A oh, little...
10: Harry, go no further. I, I think it'd be a swell idea to write a gay song about love too. But I'm afraid we're a little late.
8: You mean someone has beaten us to the punch? Uh
10: huh. The... I'm afraid the songwriting team of Von Zell and Shore will have to wait for another inspiration.
8: Nobody tells me anything. No. What happened? Who did it? What? Well,
10: when I was in Boston recently for the opening of Mr. Cantor's new show, I also saw the Olsen and Johnson show and one of their catchiest tunes, and it was a song called Happy in Love. What? Happy in Love.
8: That is mental plagiarism. That's no. the title I had in my mind. I'll oh, get me a lawyer. Harry.
10: Well, it has more than a good title, Harry. I'd like to be the first one to give you a sample. Happy in love. Oh, oh what a feeling. You're never, never, never happy till you're really, really, really
11: happy in love. Nothing on earth can give you that feeling. You may be silly, silly, sappy, but oh, baby, baby, when you're happy in love, you want everybody to know it. You'd like to get up on the highest people, the people, happy in love, the sky's your ceiling. You lucky, 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 happy. It's great to be living when you're happy in love. Happy in love, the sky just sailing. You lucky, lucky, lucky happy. It's great to be living when you're happy in love. Great to be living when you're happy happy in love.
10: Oh, that
8: was really swell, Dinah. You know, you always sing better than usual.
10: Oh, thank you very much, Harry. It's no
8: trouble at all. <laughs> it's really, you have a lovely voice, Dinah. Oh, well,
10: you're very sweet. But why are you saying that now, Harry?
8: Well, that's because I always say exactly what I think when I think it, you But see.
10: think of our audience.
8: Oh, I always do, Dinah. Oh. Yes. I always tell them exactly what I think, too, and that's a pleasure. Because what I tell them about salphapateca can benefit them a lot. So, ladies and gentlemen, just remember this, won't you? That whenever you need a laxative... You can always depend on Sal Hepatica to give you speedy, gentle relief, usually within an hour. And that's mighty important for this reason. It means you need never put off till night taking the laxative you need in the morning or during the day. Remember this about Sal Hepatica, too. It also helps sweeten an upset stomach by helping to reduce excess gastric acidity. So be sure to stop at your drugstore tomorrow for an economical bottle of Sal Hepatica. Then, whenever you need a laxative, morning, noon, or night, see how much faster you feel better. When you take gentle, speedy Sal Hepatica. Harry,
4: Harry.
8: Yes, sir, Colonel. At your command, sir. Uh,
10: well, who are you talking to?
8: Why, you, sir. You are Colonel Shore, aren't you? Oh, oh so you heard <laughs> about it too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I not only heard about it, Dinah, but I saw it. That permission you received from the Will Rogers Air Base, making you an honorary Colonel and flight command pilot, looked awfully important to me. And I am taking no chances, sir.
10: Well, at ease, Harry. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, Harry, when I visited the air base at Oklahoma City, they showed me the most wonderful time. All oh, those planes yeah. and those unicorns. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Dinah, D- I take yeah. it that
8: you have a song for the Air Corps. You
10: bet I have, Harry.
8: Well, Miss Colonel Dinah Shore commands the officers and men at the Will Rogers Air Base to listen to the song they have requested The Man I Love. Attention.
11: He'll come along, the man I love, and he'll be big and strong, the man I love, and when he comes my way, I'll do my best to make. at me and smile, I understand, and in a little while you'll take my hand, and though it seems absurd, I know we both won't say a
4: word,
11: maybe I will meet him Sunday, maybe
4: Monday,
11: maybe no
4: Well, I know I'll meet him one day
11: Maybe Tuesday will be my good news day We'll build a little home Just meant for two From which I'll never roam Who would, would you? And so all else above, I'm waiting for the man.
8: Well, Dinah, I'm sorry that we have to go now. Oh,
10: is the time gone already? Mm-hmm. Folks, I love to sing, and if you like to listen, come to see us again next Sunday, won't you?
8: And ladies and gentlemen, if you have a cold, remember Minute Rough. If you need a laxative, remember Sal Hepatica. And if you have 15 minutes at this same time next Sunday... Remember, Diney,
10: Shore.
2: Love. <laughs>
0: Company. Okay, everybody. This, uh, now it's time for the Strawberry and Whipped Cream. And this week, I picked one of my favorites. It's a thriller. It's called The Mysterious Traveler. And it's about this man. And he rides this train. Uh, this, this same train every week. And you're liable to meet him on there. And, uh, as he's riding with you, then he tells you a spooky story. So, um, anyway, and then he starts to tell you another story, or uh, or about another episode, and then he realizes that it's time for you to get off the train, so you have to wait. So, but anyway, uh, it's one of my favorites, and it's called um, um, House of Death.
12: Mysterious Traveler Another journey into the realm of the strange and terrifying I hope you will enjoy the trip That it will thrill you a little and chill you a little So settle back Get a good grip on your nerves Where are we going? You'll find out when we get there I hope it's not making you nervous being alone with me here in the dark. Darkness stirs strange terrors in some minds. For the things that happen at night are sometimes most upsetting. Things such as cats that vanish or die, as in the tale of the House of Death.
13: living out in the country this way, Louise. We're so isolated from everyone. Oh, yes, Martha. It was much nicer when we lived in our own house in the village. And even if Roger and Hester are our nephew and niece, we should never have let them persuade us to move out here with them. <laughs> Oh, doesn't that wind ever stop blowing? Oh, Martha, Roger and Hester are coming. I I, I just saw the car turn into the drive. Oh, I hope they've brought a maid. Oh, what's the matter with Toby and Queenie? Oh, mother's little darling's hungry. Mm. Mm, Toby and Queenie don't like living here. Yes, they, they do seem unhappy. But Toby hasn't been eating well at all. Oh, Louise is very foolish out living here with Roger and Hester. I think we should move back to our house in the village where we can really be happy. Oh, Martha, could we? I see no reason why we can't. So much nonsense about our being invalids and too old to live alone. Hello, Aunt
6: Martha. Aunt Louise?
13: Oh, Roger. Were you able to get a maid for it?
6: Oh, I'm sorry about that, Aunt Louise. I tried, but it's just impossible to get a maid these days.
13: But, Roger, you know we need someone to push Louise around in her wheelchair. Too much for me.
6: Well, I'm sure Hester will do anything you ask.
13: How are you, Aunt Louise? Aunt Martha? I brought you some good hot tea and some biscuits. Thank you, dear. Uh, Roger, Louise and I have been talking things over. Now, it is very kind of Hester and you to invite us to live with you, but we were much happier living in the village and would like to go back to our
6: house. What? But Aunt Martha, it's much better for you here. Why,
13: of course. You're homesick, that's all. Why,
6: certainly in time you'll come to love this place as we do.
13: Now, we don't want to hear another word about your leaving. We couldn't be happy, thinking of the two of you living alone in that house in the village. Come along, Roger. Let them drink their tea.
6: Yes, Hester. Well, see you both later.
13: They're really so good to us, Martha. But I, I do wish they'd let us return to our own house. Mm. Tea tastes strange. Hmm? you tried got it, the we? No. Well, yes, you're right. It, it, it does taste funny. Probably the water they use. Nothing out here seems as good as it was home. We better not drink any more of it oh, do you remember the little teas we used to give when we lived in the village? Mary Thompson came over every afternoon It was so nice mm, There's no reason why we can't move back to our house and have those teas again But you heard what Roger and Hester said Our health isn't so good and we need someone to look after us Well, what of it? All that money Father left us, we can afford a dozen servants Yes, Louise, I think we'd better plan to return home the mail car inside, to Louise? No, Martha. Not yet. You know, I've been thinking quite a bit these past 24 hours about returning home, and I think we'll leave here in a few days. Oh, Martha, that would be wonderful. Well, <gasps> oh, look, here, here comes George Gibson now with the mail. Oh, and that time, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how would that Toby be and beautiful queenie like to go back to their own little home? Oh, Martha, they understand perfectly what you're saying. Look how happy they are. Good <laughs>
6: they do. Hello, Aunt Martha. Oh. Aunt Louise. George Gibson just delivered the sentinel. Oh,
13: Here thank- you are. Thank you, Roger. We've been waiting all day
6: for you. Oh, this. that's all right, Aunt Louise. Esther will soon bring you your supper. Uh,
13: now, let's see. Oh, Martha... Let's look at the obituary notices first That's just what I was turning to, Dewey uh, Ah, here we are Did anybody we know die? Mm, now, let
4: me see Oh, yes yes,
13: yes, yes You remember Amos Wilson, don't you? Yes He died two days ago Poor Amos He was about your age, wasn't he, Martha? Certainly not He was a good deal older <gasps> Martha, look at this hmm? Why, it says that Mary Thompson is entering the home for the infirm. The poor house? Oh, no, it can't be. Oh, the dreadful place. I'd sooner be dead than in that home. Poor Mary. Oh, shudder every time I think of that horrible place. The poor house. Martha, after we move back to the village, can't we have Mary come to live with us? Yes, of course. Going to the poor house would be the death of her. Huh? Louise, what are you staring at in this paper? No. No, it can't be. What can't be? Read what it says in the real estate column. Huh? The old Abbott mansion, owned by the Mrs. Martha and Louise Abbott, has been put up for sale by their nephew, Roger Abbott. What? Christ's oh, oh, mistake. We never told Roger to sell our house. I wouldn't we'll dream of it. Why, well, Martha, it's been in the family for almost a century. How could Roger do such a thing? I'll soon find out. (sighs) Roger. Roger. Now, Martha, you you mustn't get excited. Why should he want to sell our house? Uh, Are you calling me Aunt Martha? Yes, Roger. What's this in the Sentinel about our house being for sale?
6: Oh, is it in the Sentinel? Oh, I'm sorry.
13: It is a mistake, isn't it, Roger?
6: No, Aunt Louise. Oh. You see, as co trustee of Grandfather's estate, I thought it would be a good idea to sell the house. Prices are high these days, and the house is rather
13: old. But you have no right to put the house up for sale without telling me. I won't hear of the house being sold. Now, you mustn't
6: get excited, Aunt Barbara. Yeah. If you don't want the house sold, I'll remove it from the market.
13: Oh, please do. We couldn't live in the house if it was sold, could all we, All right,
6: all right. I'll take care of everything. Everything's going to be all right now. Oh. <sighs>
13: don't like it, Louise. I don't like it at all. Why did he try to sell it without telling us? It, it does seem strange. Louise, we must get in touch with Judge Smith. Yes. He's the administrator of Father's Estate, and he'll take care of everything for us in the way we want it. It isn't that I don't trust Roger, but you must recall the scrape he was in when he attended college. then, there was the matter of that bad check Roger gave. It hadn't been for his dear father, he but someone's coming Martha. I have your supper for you. Now please eat them before they get cold. Yes, yes there. there you are. Just call me if there's anything else you want. Yeah, does Mother's beautiful Queenie want something to eat? I don't see Toby any place around. Well, he's probably in the kitchen. Now, say pretty please, Queenie, and Mother give you this nice piece of meat. <laughs> That's Mother's darling. Here you are. Oh, isn't she lovely, Louise? Oh, yes. Queenie has such wonderful manners. Uh, we'd better eat our soup before it gets cold, Martha Yes, and as I was saying, Louise I don't care for Roger's attitude at all Ask me, he's been behaving very strangely Yes, Martha Martha hmm? Martha, that, that piece of meat you gave Queenie Doesn't seem to have agreed with her She looks ill oh, Yes, you're right Oh, Queenie, what's the matter with Mother's little oh, dog? she's in agony. Yes. What can we do? Oh, Roger, Roger, come quickly. Oh, poor Queenie, Roger, she's suffering so much. Oh, oh, Roger, do something. We must help poor Queenie. Oh, Roger, look.
6: I'm afraid it's too late, Aunt Martha. She's dead.
13: Dead? This can Oh, she can't be. Oh. She was all right just a few oh. minutes ago. Things like this will happen, Aunt Martha. She was old. She probably had a chance. Roger, you better take Queenie out of here.
12: All oh, right, dear.
13: Poor oh, Queenie. We've had her ever since she was a little kitten. 12 years now. There, there, Aunt Louise. You mustn't cry. You still have told me. Now, why don't you eat your supper? You'll feel much better if you do. Hector, how can you speak of food at a time like this? With poor Queenie's body, not even cold. I'm sorry, Aunt Martha. If you... You want me, just call. Oh, Martha, it won't be the same without Queenie. I simply can't understand it. One minute Queenie was perfectly well. Then, after you gave her the meat, she became ill. Yes, she was perfectly well until she ate the meat. Mm. Louise, the meat, that's it. Don't understand, Martha. The meat, it was poisoned. Poisoned? Louise, that poisoned meat was meant for us. Martha. You don't mean that Roger and Hester... Oh, no. Yes, Louise, no. they'll pester our money. Oh, what are we going to do? We, we, we can't get at the phone. have to get in touch with Judge Smith. Oh. Our wives depend upon it.
12: The two old ladies stared at each other, terror in their eyes. The minutes dragged into hours. And each hour was a nightmare. As they waited for the time to come when they could make the one contact between themselves and the outside world.
13: Do you see George Gibson's car yet, Martha? No, Louise, but he should be in sight any minute now. Oh, what if Hester or Roger come home before he gets here? Then we won't be able to talk to him about our message to Judge Smith. Now, Louise, you know Roger isn't due home from work for another hour. Yes, yes, but what about Hester. She's over at the Miller's farm, and she's liable to return any minute to me. I see George Gibson's car. Oh, he's just turning his. Oh, hurry, hurry, Martha, hurry. Oh, All right, Hurry, hurry. hurry. The witch. Oh, Martha, Martha, call to him quick before he gets away. George? George Gibson? Hello? Who's calling? And look over this way, George. It's Martha Abbott. I want to see you. Oh, it's you,
5: Martha. Oh, Howdy,
13: Abbott, He's coming to leave you here. <laughs> now we'll be able to get in touch with Judge Smith.
12: But after George Gibson left the Abbott sisters, he met Hester a half mile up the road. The two conversed for a minute. Then George Gibson continued on his way. Hester stared after him as he drove away, her face tense and white. Then, as if suddenly understanding the implication of his words, she turned and ran towards her home, her heart pounding with fear.
13: Roger! Roger, I just met George Gibson. And he told me that when he delivered the mail here, Aunt Martha and Aunt Louise called him into the house.
6: Called him into the house?
13: Yes. They asked him to get Judge Smith for him at once.
6: I told you it wasn't safe to leave them alone, even with the phone locked in our room. All our plans may have been for nothing.
13: Oh, Roger. Do you think they suspect?
6: I don't know. I do know it was a mistake letting them talk to George Gibson. After all our careful work, we can't let everything be spoiled now.
13: Oh, Martha. These past 24 hours have been endless. Where can George be? Probably delayed somewhere. Oh, isn't? Martha, Martha, there, George is coming. He just turned into the drive. I told you he wouldn't fail it. Oh, but Roger and Hester are in the house now. What if they don't let George see it? Nonsense. And George has a message to deliver. He delivers it. I've just gone out to get the mail, but... Louise. What is it, Martha? What's wrong? That isn't George Gibson driving the mail car. What? The man driving. It's only a youngster. Now he's leaving. Martha. What does it mean? I don't know. I don't understand. Perhaps George is ill and he couldn't come today. Hello,
6: I'm Martha Louise. This magazine just came in the mail. Thought you might like to see it.
13: Thank you, Roger. Why didn't George Gibson deliver the mail?
6: Oh. So you noticed there was a new driver today. Yes. I'm sorry to tell you this, but poor George Gibson was killed last night. Killed? Oh no. He had an accident as he was returning to the village.
13: An accident?
6: Yes. I don't want to speak any more about it. It'll just upset you. Esther will bring you your supper soon.
13: Oh, poor George. That means Judge Smith never got our message. Oh, Martha! Louise, so we don't you see it wasn't an accident. But Roger said it was. George it? was deliberately killed to keep him from going to Judge Smith. <gasps> Martha, you don't mean that Roger and Hester we both puppet everything to get our money. Oh, Martha! I'm so frightened. We no, must have hurry, or so we're lost. Oh, but if we can't get word to the outside, and, and they're poisoning our food, well, we haven't eaten a thing since poor Queenie died. We can't go on throwing food away or we'll starve. There's only one thing to do, Louise, <gasps> if we're not to starve. Toby, must we'll sample our food before we eat it. You mean to see if it's poisoned? Yes. Oh. oh, I know it's dreadful risking poor Toby's life like that. But it's the only thing to do. And meanwhile, we must get in touch with Judge Smith. We must <laughs> You wow, Toby, a nice piece of meat for Mother's little darling. Aunt uh, Martha, where are you feeding Toby?
6: He gets plenty
13: to eat in the kitchen. Of course. I've always said Toby for my own plate. He expects it. But Aunt Martha, if you feed
6: that meat to the cat, there won't be enough for you.
13: Yes. If you're to get well, you need all that food. Now, I don't want you feeding Toby any more of
6: it. Here, Toby. Come along, boy. Come on out to the kitchen while Aunt Martha and Louise eat their supper.
13: How are you, Aunt Martha? Louise I've brought you your lunch Doesn't it look good? Yes, Hester, it's very nice Lunchy Here, Toby Here, kitty, kitty, kitty Esther, have you seen Toby? No, Aunt Martha, I haven't. Oh, but where could he be? Toby's always on time for meals. Uh, he's probably someplace around the house. Oh. Now eat your lunch before it gets cold. Oh, Martha, where can he be? Toby will be along in a few minutes. He oh. won't touch a bit of this food until he's tried it first. Oh, I do wish he were here. I'm so hungry. Please don't touch a thing on that tray. It isn't safe. Oh, here, Toby...
6: Good evening, Aunt Martha. Louise? How are you?
13: Good evening, Roger. I have your supper here for you too. Aunt Martha. Neither of you ate your lunch. What's wrong? We we weren't hungry, Hester. Have you found Toby yet? No I've looked everywhere for him But he seems to have disappeared Oh,
6: no Now, you mustn't worry I'm sure he'll turn up
13: Yes Aunt Martha, you and Louise Can't afford to miss meals In your state of health
6: Why, certainly not Now, we want you to eat Everything that Hester has brought
13: you Yes, you'll make us Very unhappy if you don't Now, you while it's hot Come along, Roger I'll get you your supper All right, dear Did you hear what she said About Toby Louise? Yes, he's vanished Nonsense They would killed him You saw how angry they were last night when we fed Toby from our plates. They have killed him, so he won't spoil their plans. Martha, what are we going to do? I'm so hungry. I have to get word to Judge Smith before it's too late. But how? Tomorrow, I'm going to go out to the road and try to get to the village. But, Martha, it's it's two miles to the village, and you know you can't walk more than a few yards. You're not strong enough. Louise, with either starvation or poisoning staring us in the face, we haven't any choice. I must try to reach the village.
12: The next morning, after Roger had left for the village and Hester had gone to the Miller farm, Martha dressed as quickly as her shaking hands would permit. Louise watched nervously as her sister quietly opened the door and started on her long, painful way to the village.
13: Hello, Aunt Louise. Why, oh, where's Aunt Martha? Uh, Aunt Martha? Uh, she's someplace around the house. But I've just been through the house. Why, so her closet is open. And her haven't called her missing. Aunt Louise, did Martha leave this house? Why, uh, oh, why yes. She, uh, she said she wanted to go for a walk. Go for a walk? With her aid in a weather like this... Well, it'll be the death of her. Did she start out toward the village? Answer me! <laughs> he, 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 yes, yes, Steph. i Roger to his office. She must be stopped.
12: Twenty minutes later, as Roger drove along the road leading to his home, he saw a small figure in the distance. It was Aunt Martha. There was a weary, painful look on her face as she hobbled towards the village. In spite of her determined resistance, he put her in his car and drove rapidly on home. One thought was uppermost in his mind. He must make sure that this could never be repeated.
13: Oh, Martha, I'm so hungry. Yes, Louise, I know. So am I. We've gone three days now without eating. We left them our money and our wills. Why must they kill us? They're nothing but common murderers. Oh, if there was only some way to get word to the village. Louise, I've got an idea. What is it, Martha? If we were to set fire to the house, they'd see it in the village. Yes. And then, then the fire company would come out. Then we'd be able to tell them we'd be saved. Oh, oh but Martha... Hester and Roger would put out the fire before it could get big enough. Louise, I know a way we can prevent them from putting out the fire. You do? Yes, and we can save ourselves, Louise. We can save ourselves.
11: Here, Toby. Here, kitty,
13: kitty, kitty. And Martha. Why are you looking down the cellar? You should be in your room.
6: Yes, it's drafty out here in the hall. Now, come on, close the cellar door and go back to your room.
13: But I heard Toby crying. He's down in the cellar, and I won't go to my room until I get but him. But Aunt Martha, Roger. He... Just to put Aunt Martha's mind at ease, why don't you go down to the cellar and see if Toby is
6: there? Oh, all right. If you ask me, it's just a waste of time. Oh, please
13: help him look for Toby Hester. You'll find him so much quicker if you both look for him. Oh, very well. But you go back to your room, so you won't catch cold. Roger, you see him? He doesn't seem to be any place here in the cellar. Now we'll see just how smart you are, trying to poison us. Here, you won't stop us from escaping now. I must get Louise, Louise, Louise. Yes, mother. Oh, Louise, it worked. Mother, you mean you you were able to lock them in the cellar? Yes, and with the door locked, they can't get out.
4: Oh. And Martha, unlock this door.
13: go! Oh, they found out they're locked in. Don't you worry about it, Louise. I'll take care of everything. Oh,
4: Martha! Aunt Martha!
13: Martha, what are you doing with that kerosene, ma'am? I'm pouring the kerosene around the room so oh, that it'll Martha. burn you. Oh. Are you ready to leave, Louise? Yes, Martha. Then Martha. I'll strike a match and start the fire. Please, How quickly it's starting to spread. Yes, we've got to leave. I'll push your wheelchair, Louise. And you'll try to help by rolling the wheels. Yes, Louise. There. Yes, we're coming along nicely. Oh, Martha, I hate to do this. Louise, you mustn't waste tender pity on them. Even if they are our missing nephew, they're nothing but common murderers. Yes, I suppose you're right. Now I'll just open the front door and we'll be free. There, there. Roll the wheels a bit, Louise. Yes, I am. Just a few feet more there. and we'll be safe. Uh, there. There, there. There. Far enough away from the house to be perfectly safe. Oh, my... The whole house is on fire now. Yes, lovely fire, isn't it? I don't feel cold at all. Oh, do you think they can see it in the village by now, Martha? I'm sure they do. Remember, Denise, when the fire company gets here, we don't know what happened to Roger and Hester. We just managed to get out ourselves. Yes, Martha. We told them what we were forced to do, to escape. We'd have to reveal that our own niece and nephew were poisonous, murderous. We don't want to disgrace the family name, Louise. Oh, no, Martha. Of course not.
4: Oh, look, look, Martha, look. The road is beginning to go.
12: A few minutes later, the fire company arrived to find Martha and Louise in the garden staring at the roaring fire which had been their home. It was too late to save the other occupants of the house, so the men were forced to stand by helplessly and watch it burn.
13: Good morning, Judge Smith.
12: Good morning, Miss Martha, Miss Louise. I trust your... Well, after that terrible ordeal last night...
13: We're much better, thank you, Judge.
12: Well, now that your niece and nephew are gone, we must plan for your future.
13: Oh, you don't have to bother, Judge. All we want to do is move back to our old house, hire a few servants, and live as we used to. Oh, and I was wondering if you could arrange to have Mary Thompson come live with us. I won't hear of her going to that dreadful home for the infirm. Oh, no, it would be the death of her...
12: Ladies, I'd hoped I'd never have to reveal the truth to you, but now it appears I must.
13: I don't understand, Judge.
12: Last month, the bonds in the trust fund your father left you became utterly worthless.
4: What?
12: Your nephew and niece were afraid the shock of learning you were penniless would kill you. So it was decided to keep the news from you. That's why the three of us persuaded you to move in with them. Your house here in the village had to be sold to... Meet debts of the estate. But
4: that can't be.
13: Father left us so much.
12: It's all worthless now. Perhaps I should have told you this a month ago. But your niece and nephew wouldn't hear of it. In spite of the fact that they had only Roger's salary to live on, they were determined to prevent you from ever learning of your misfortune.
13: But the... The debts of poor Queenie and Toby. Of, of, of George Gibson.
12: George Gibson? Yes, I'm afraid I don't understand. Surely you heard he was killed a few days ago when a tire on his car blew out and it overturned.
13: You mean he wasn't murdered? Certainly not.
12: Are you feeling well? Has my news been too much for you? No, no. Well, now that your niece and nephew are gone and there's no one to support you, I'm afraid there's only one thing left. One thing left? What's that? I'm sorry to say the home for the infirm the poor house this is the mysterious traveler again have you enjoyed our little trip Too bad about the Abbott sisters. Such nice old ladies. But then, how were they to know that poor Queenie died of cramps, not poison? After all, you can't be too careful, can you? Would you care for a sandwich? They're very delicious. I make them myself. Oh, you're getting off at the next stop. I'm sorry. Perhaps you'll join me again soon. I take this same train every week. You've just heard Chapter 9 of The Mysterious Traveler, a series of dramas of the strange and unusual brought to you each week by Station WOR. In tonight's program, The House of Death, Irene Hubbard played Martha Abbott and Elizabeth Morgan played Louise Abbott. The Mysterious Traveler, written by Robert Arthur and David Cogan, is directed by Jock McGregor. Original music was played by Doc Whipple. Listen next week to a tale titled The Man Who Knew Too Much, another tale of The Mysterious Traveler. The Mysterious Traveler is presented by WOR Mutual Every.
0: Well, everybody, that just about wraps her up for the day, and, or I should say the week. And, um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I have, uh, as much as I enjoy putting it together. And, um, as I said, if you have any, um, requests or comments or anything like that, um, you can contact us on Twitter at Blind Whos at D-L-I-N-D W-H-O-S-E or you can contact Victor on Facebook at Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Uh, actually, you can contact both of us. Um, and you can email him at Whose blind life is it anyway? At gmail.com you can email me at coffeegal62 c o f f e e g a l six two at gmail You can tweet me at money o n n i six zero period. Anyway, y'all have a great week, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.